of Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Vito. I'm Dan. And we are the dad fathers coming at you with some Jesse and Mike-less energy. And that might sound depressing, but I have a lot of energy for this one. Don't you, Dan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, without Jesse and Mike, we got we to gotta supplement. We got to bring more energy to the table. And yeah, this is a great, this is a great movie for that. It's a very energetic movie. And to talk about this super energetic movie, I've decided to partner. So there's you, Dan, who has a, a beautiful, understated way of speaking. And of course, we're bringing in the velvet-voiced Sir from My Movie Fix podcast, who's partnered with us many times before. Because what could convey more energy than two of the nicest voices I've ever heard talking really slowly? <laughs> oh, actually, sorry, I think I'm I think I'm on the wrong episode because I'm not Sir. Um, I am Speed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, quicker than quick I, i'm ashamed of that you know the whole time i was I, I've, I've i've watched this movie probably six times in the last six days because of my son every time he says i am speed i, I said you know what when i do the pod i'm gonna say that and then two <laughs> seconds later i said that's completely corny don't say it and then i said i just said it it's out there i'm sorry i apologize listeners but you got what you got I'm you don't here. have to apologize for telling us your name speed Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to call you that the rest of the episode. So exactly. that's fine. That, that is fine with me. Perfectly fine. Uh, but yeah, um, Sir here of Sir's, uh, sorry, My Movie Fix podcast. If you are a fan of My Movie Fix podcast, uh, more power to you. I don't think I've dropped an episode in two months now. It's just, <laughs> so I'm, life is incredibly busy. And I, I think my last episode, I said, hey, you're going to get them when you get them. Um, my editing is the absolute worst part of podcasting, and I just do not have the time and patience to hear myself talk and then edit the ums and whoms out of myself talking. So, I got like three or four episodes in the can that I'm going to edit that I'm going to edit and get to when I get to. But yeah, if you're if you're subscribed, thank you. I love you, but I will get an episode out to you when I get one out to you. Hey, if you're listening to this and you just really like podcasting and you really love editing, yeah, hit me up. You can be my, you'll be my co-host tomorrow because you can do all the editing and I can get back to it. So yeah. All right. Good chat. Nice to be here. Thanks guys for having me back. Hey, thank you so much. And actually I want to kind of move forward too and, and kind of toss the ball back to your court as well. Cause we've been running um, some, the only ads we've ever had in the history of our podcast that we've done um, have been for Sir's Furniture. You are that, Sir. Um, I am a proud owner of of a beautiful cutting board from you. I'm also I've also commissioned your help in making some stuff for some people in my life that I care a lot about. And uh, mm. I've always loved that kind of product. And maybe you can tell me what that product is, so the listeners can know. Oh yeah, um, Sir'sFurniture.com. Um, well, Sir'sFurniture. slash nyfm. Not mm. your movies. Um, I make cutting boards, charcuterie boards. I make some crosses. Um, if you're local to the um, North Dallas area, I even make some furniture occasionally. <laughs> you know, serious furniture. But um, yeah, this it's my hobbies. What keeps me sane. I I take my time with them. I think I make a good probably good quality product. Um, but yeah, if you are a barbecue person, if you just like you know, if you're one of the daily cookers and you chop a lot of veggies and you need a good quality cutting board cutting board com slash nyfm check me out and again like 
Sir's business is the only business that all of us stand behind 100%. Um, we love it. I've gotten retirement gifts for people in my office. I've gotten, um, like, we, me and Jesse got together and we we got we uh, got a big board for Mike um, when his son was born. Um, and I'm just going to keep ordering stuff from Sir as long as I need really cool boards and coasters. So anyway, that's that's Sir from Sir's Furniture and also my Movie Fix podcast, who we've partnered with before and hopefully we'll partner with many times again happy to have you here man um love thank you thank you um dan we're talking about a movie this night we're in a mini series of some kind what mini series is this and what movie is this uh i think it's the cars series and cars the movie oh well that's handy that's that's nice (laughs) so this is cars that way yeah, Cars from 2006, the Pixar, the much maligned, unfairly, I would argue, maligned Pixar film from 2006. Um, we'll get to it later, but I didn't I didn't know you guys were doing a Cars series, but now that I know, I'm very much glad that I got the first one. But we'll get you, to that later. <laughs> it's, a, it's a series around Cars. So oh, Cars, okay, got you. Yeah, Cars is an entry in here because I wanted to it's do it, and everyone cars. else said, oh, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Where I don't else know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Oh, what is, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, so I not think the Cars trilogy, but movies about Cars, more or less. Gotcha. Okay. Much so last better, week, much better. Last week was uh, was Speed. Ah, there are cars in that. There's buses in that. At exactly. least one. There's cars galore. Cars <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're doing Cars 2006 here. There's a ton of cast and crew. There's a ton of cast and crew. And it's actually kind of related to some of my nostalgia for this. So I'm, I'm going to kind of like smush them together a little bit. So this obviously comes to us uh, directed by the um, maybe out of fashion, out of grace, John Lasseter, um, who used to kind of be the be all end all of, of animated films. But he's, he's out of the picture now for the most part. Um, has a ton of writers that are credited on this. Uh, it's kind of amazing we have um uh, dan fogelman john lassiter joe ramft kyle murray phil lauren jorgen klubin <laughs> uh it's a ton of people all trying to work on the story and make it all make sense but i'm what i'm really here for is our acting talent here this cast list is insane we have owen wilson as lightning mcqueen paul newman as doc hudson in his final film role bonnie hunt as sally carrera larry the cable guy tony shalhoub cheech marin we have George Carlin as Fillmore, the bus, who's amazing. We have um, real life racers, people like, uh, and people in the racing circuits, people like Richard Petty. We got people like, um, uh, what's his name? Bob Costas, uh, Daryl Waltrip, um, Humpy Wheeler, Linda Petty, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is here. Michael Schumacher. I mean, we even have Mario Andretti. <laughs> That's crazy. Mario Andretti. What are you doing here? That's uh, I, 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 I remember the Bob Cutlass joke, but I didn't even realize that was Bob Cutlass. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, it's, it's a real lazy pun, but it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It works. I was like, hey, that sounds like Bob Cutlass. Oh, it's just an added layer to know that really was Bob Cutlass. So, yeah. Wait, what's, uh, the, what's the pun? His Bob last Cutlass. name is Costas. Yeah. Yeah, the the car is Bob Cutlass. The actual announcer is Bob Costas, and his his ah. body style is is of a is of a Cutlass Sierra, yeah. right? Um, which is also the second car I ever owned. Was a Cutlass Sierra. That's part of my nostalgia yeah. here. <laughs> uh, 
But we also got Jay Leno. We have Lou Romano. Um, and then, of course, in the after credits stuff, we Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Billy Crystal, John Goodman, Dave Foley, John Ratzenberger all come back to reprise some of their roles. And and I do want to mention here, um, Michael Keaton is Chick Hicks, and he's fantastic. I was listening to it last night. I was like, that's Michael Keaton. How did I not ever realize that was Michael Keaton? He's amazing. I, I did not realize it <laughs> until this moment. So, I mean, so when you started listening off the name, was part of me was like, I don't like this kind of casting because it's why take away a, you know, random car voice away from some actual voice actor and just give it to some celebrity. But at the same time, they killed it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> did great jobs in this voice, voice acting role. So it's not if there, if this was a situation where, you know, it was just some random voice it didn't matter. And it was a, uh, terrible job or whatever it's like okay at that point why why not give it to an actual voice actor but the actual people in these roles did an awesome job so i can't take away from anything i can't take away anything from them on that i think maybe this set the the template and then the future animations it just became you know who cares just give it to a famous actor but honestly i think they the famous people in these roles did a great job i didn't have any complaints with any of the acting work and i did not i did not even know these were you know famous names to get through this list it's just I, I just thought they were just random people doing voice acting work so kudos to pixar for this yeah yeah I, yeah I, I felt that way about owen wilson that if you had told me that he was going to be a car and he was going to be the protagonist i would have said that's a terrible choice uh his voice is very it's very unique and you know, that it's kind of a meme now with the, the wow and all that. Wow. Um, and uh, exactly. And I would have said that that's a bad choice, but then watching the movie, it's, it's what you said, sir, where it just kind of fits. And it's like, this is a, this is the voice of a car um, for whatever that I think, means. I think it probably would have graded more on me in 2006 because I know it's as Owen Wilson and I've seen Owen Wilson in more things, but as of lately, I, you don't see Owen Wilson in movies, you know, twice a year like you did back then. So it, when I think of the the role, I think of Lightning McQueen. I, I, don't, I don't even hear his uh, Owen Wilson as the voice because it's just so ubiquitous, you know, because of the later movies and because I just, that's the voice I picture. So, you know, I, I think it does, it works better with time as well. So, you know, maybe of the time, you know, kudos to whoever did the casting because maybe, you know, they did get pushed back. Like, you know, why are you giving Owen Wilson this role? But, you know, just listen back in 15 years. You'll get it. You'll get it. <laughs> so it works. I agree. And also like people like, again, George Carlin is the hippie van. Like, it, 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 there's no reason it has to be George Carlin, but the voice is great because it's kind of low down, man. You yeah. know, <laughs> when, remember when when they introduced Fillmore and he and Sarge are looking at the traffic lights, <laughs> they're, they're blinking. I swear, every third blink is slower. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sells that comedic timing. I don't know if anyone else could yeah. do that in that like particular way. Um, George Van Lynn, that would have been funnier. <laughs> that, that joke that joke that was good get it was good. George Fadlin okay yep. I'll be here on that guys they should have made and all you, of them pun like, and you over explained it which is necessary yeah, for yeah, dad jokes absolutely this is why I'm um, here I'll be here on that the, the final three I wanted to mention is Jay Leno as Jay Limo which I 
even in 2006 as like a 13, 14 year old kid, I thought that was hysterical. Um, still do still made me laugh really hard. Um, and then I also wanted to mention here on a, on a, on a kind of two more sobering notes, but these are a little bit tied more to me. Um, Joe Ramft is one of the writers of this film. Um, he, he does the voice of red, the fire engine. Um, he died in August, 2005, um, before this film's release. These, this is his final work. Um, and it's, it's kind of sad when you realize that because red is such a, is, is such a, you know, it's a comic relief character, but mm-hmm. the idea that the man who like really sweated and, and bled over this movie, um, got to be in it and, and died tragically in a too young car wreck is, is both ironic and kind of depressing. <laughs> um, I did just want to mention he, that. He's the one that gets the like in memoriam at the end. Correct. Yeah. 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 That like, that hit me for some reason. Like the end of this movie is kind of sad, um, has some sad moments, but yeah, that was a, uh, it's really cool. Like you said, it's really cool, but also really sad that, uh, you know, to have to do that at the end of a movie that someone in your crew was, uh, one of the know, primary creators, one of the primary creators of the movie cars died in a car wreck. That's sad. Yeah. Indeed. I don't want to take all the air out of the room, but uh, I have to move on to something even a little bit more sad. And this is, this is my nostalgia here is, um, Tom and Ray Magliazzi. Do you, do you, either of you know these men? The, no, I do not. Don't think so. So Tom and Ray um, were MIT graduates who went into um, some management and also they owned a repair shop, a car repair shop, and they started a show on NPR called Car Talk in the early 1990s. They eventually won a Peabody Award in 1992. They were known as Click and Clack the Tapper Brothers. And so much of my childhood was wrapped up in listening to Car Talk on NPR um, with my mom because she just thought they were hysterical. And I spent, I spent, uh, geez, until I was 19 listening to Car Talk almost every single week. These brothers were, were so ingrained in my family and in my childhood. And we would always look forward to their show, and we we love their 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 catchphrase. You know, I, I'm I'm Tom, I'm Ray. Don't drive like my brother. Don't drive like my brother. And it's it, it was amazing hearing their uh, interplay. It was that exactly was in, um, the third one. Yeah, that was in the third one. That that line. Okay, didn't know that that's, was a thing, but it just stood out to me because I I watched it recently. So yeah, that's why. And it's it's sad because they 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 were on the air for almost thirty years. And they went off because, um, which one? Tom. Tom died in November 2014, two years after the show stopped recording new episodes because of, of Alzheimer's. He died at age 77. Mm. And I remember the day that he died, and I remember feeling like there was a real loss. Um, Car Talk was, I, I, can't, I can't really oversell it. It was everything. I re- it's one of my earliest memories, driving around with my mom, listening to it on the radio. And it was a constant through my life up until I was in college. Um, and cars, it was so funny seeing cars for the first time and knowing who those guys were, hearing the voices that I heard every single week on the radio and, uh, and knowing who they were. And, and on, in a lot of ways, their easy conversational style is a lot of the reason why podcasts are accepted today, why things aren't so formally presented is because they could just do a show where people would call in and be like, my car is making a noise. And they go, huh? Like what kind of noise? <laughs> the person's like, I don't know. It's like a. Grrr. They go, oh, okay, that's probably this thing. 
and they'd make fun of each other. There'd be all the puns. They, they always said that they were um, they were represented by the law firm. Um, uh, do we cheat him and how? <laughs> Classic dad joke. <laughs> and uh, that's a big that's a big part of my nostalgia is this, these two brothers being in this movie. Um, and just to kind of like even go even bigger and just finish it up is like this movie is kind of like my childhood. This movie, mm. Lightning McQueen's struggle against Doc Hudson's authoritarian rule is exactly what my relationship with my father was growing up. And when I watched this movie in 2006, I remember going, huh, this, this seems familiar for some reason. I looked at dad and he goes, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> and then it's, it, we repeated it over and over. But whenever I see this, I just remember being a kid growing up in Wyoming, growing up in, in the West. My mother uh, was born in, in Arizona, so she grew up on Route 66. She knows these places. She knows what these places look like. Everything about this movie is so much how I grew up and how I was raised that even watching it now, even despite all of its flaws, um, it just feels like a warm blanket. It feels like I'm going home. And I can't say that about a lot of movies that we do. So I really want to mm. just, just front load this episode with that. That's why I love this movie. I'm watching Vito grow up when I watch this movie. Um, flaws. I've been talking for a long time. Say something. You're going to you're gonna have to get back to that flaws talk. I don't know what you mean by that. This I'm saving that for Dan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But no, but, I, yeah. I didn't have any of those, you know, feelings towards. I just kind of watched it as a movie. I've, I've never been a car person. I'm, I'm a computer guy. I'm, I'm many things, but I'm not a, a car person. Um, so I, I've never heard their voices. I, I really like their little banter. You know, I feel like they they worked. Yeah. I guess that is something. I don't know. That's that's what makes made Pixar elevate stuff like that. It's they the little inside things for people like you, you know, people, you, you knew them, you, you automatically got their vibe and, you know, it worked on two levels for you because that extra layer, but it worked just as, you know, just two random guys for me. Cause they, they had their good banter and it worked, you know, and like, um, the, the, the I, I already forgot the gentleman's name. I apologize, but the fire truck character is like, I feel like his part was, I don't know, maybe cut down. It's like maybe that, you know, because he passed, you know, I feel like he stood out a bit and I didn't really know why. And he didn't really come back in the future movie. He was there, but no voice acting. And it's like his role stood out to me. It's like, because they kept going back to him and he was kind of a big part and he was scared. You know, he kind of ran off, you know, but so it's like, <laughs> yeah. so it's like he, it's stuff like that. It's just there, they put extra flavor, extra heart into these type of movies. And I think that's a big part of why they, were as great as they were. And I've used the word were six times for a reason. <laughs> I, uh, I think I agree with you on that usage as well. Yeah, um, yeah, but but, but uh, Dan, um, did you have any nostalgia with cars? Or, or is this like a purely, you watched it for your kids? Uh, no, I, I, I remember watching this. I feel like I watched it maybe a year or two after it came out. So I was a older teenager. Um, I immediately thought of all like those old nineties, the Tecron Chevron commercials um, that were coming out with the cars that were talking and the headlights were the the eyes and all that. I thought, Oh, this is just in my mind back then. I was like, Oh, this is just Pixar taking that idea. And, you know, they've already made success with, you know, all these other um, anthropomorphic things, right? Like, making fish that talk or making toys that talk or making 
whatever talk. And so it was like, oh, they're just going to make tar- cars talk. And so I was kind of a little, and I was, you know, 17, 18. Um, it did, this movie didn't really click for me. I, I thought it was just a kind of another kid's movie. Um, initially I, I only recently in like the last couple of years watched the second and third one. And those definitely, I kind of had a greater appreciation for, um, a lot of that's probably that I'm older and more open-minded when it comes to animated movies now than when I was at like 18 or 19, you're like um, five or six but, years away from being as old as Doc Hudson is, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like it sometimes, at least. Um, but yeah, so definitely rewatching it this time. Like I've I've grown to appreciate this movie a lot more in the last couple of years. Um, definitely that relationship that you're talking about, I feel like hits pretty hard. The one between Lightning McQueen and, and Doc Hudson, it's it's pretty like true to life. It's definitely what Pixar does best where they, um, they hit hard with the, like the humanistic relationships and they feel very real. And, um, if you've experienced anything like it, it really hits home in a way that I think movies with human beings maybe doesn't in an odd way. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, this, this movie definitely felt a lot more, um, important this time around. And I definitely, yeah, I just enjoyed it overall a lot more every time I've watched it since since the first time. Very good. Very nice. How, how about you, sir? Um, sort of the same. Didn't, you know, um, I was 17. Wait, this was June 9th. So two days after my birthday, I just turned 18. So this wasn't, I, I'm not the target audience for this one. I wasn't rushing out on my birthday to go see this one. Um, but I remember seeing it. I don't remember how I saw it, as with most movies. I assume later, you know, video on demand or something like that. Um, It's just, I don't really have any nostalgia for it. It just kind of gets lumped into Pixar movies in my head. Just I have a nostalgia for this type of movie, but not this movie specifically. And I saw all three previously. They just kind of got lumped into a, um, you know, fine category in my head. It's like these movies are solid movies that I, you know, enjoyed, but they're not movies I go back to. You know, there there's some Pixar movies that, you know, on a Thursday at eight o'clock when you're turning on a movie, this is the one I want to rewatch. Cars was never one of those. Um it's gonna it's a bit more gaining nostalgia now. Uh this is exciting for me. This is the first dad movie where my I'm um in, in the in the category, you know, of having a, a kid old enough to actually watch and think about these type of things, because I've done this uh, podcast a few times before, but it's always like, well, one day, you know, when my kid's old enough, I'll kind of see and think, you know, because they're future ages. But my, I, I've watched this movie with my kid, <laughs> you know, this is one yeah. of the ones where he wants to rewatch, you know, and so I can think about, you know, how he views the movie and, you know, this is, you know this is going to have nostalgia for me because I, again, so we're on a cars kick right now, cars Shrek, which is very much not a kid's movie, but he doesn't really know it yet. So it's fine to watch, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but cars Shrek, um, 
Luca, you know, these are, you know, these are the ones we're watching, you know, every, it's every, every night he did, we're trying to cut back on screen time with him. Um, but like usually right before bedtime, that's, that's me and him time. We just sit in front of the couch and he drinks, you know, uh, some, some nighttime juice, you know, whatever beverage, milk or water, whatever. And we just lay up on the couch, watch something till he gets tired and I put him in the bed. So that's our, that's our nightly routine. So this is going to have nostalgia for me going forward because, Again, I think I, when you first texted me about this, you know, which movie should I pick? I was like, definitely Cars, because I, I'm I'm seeing it in, as an older person now, as a grown up now. You know, I'm, I'm seeing what I didn't see when I watched it for the first time 15 years ago, whatever. Oh, I'm, I'm so I'm age. Uh, 15, yeah, you know, probably <laughs> five, 10, you know, how, how long, you know, six, seven years ago, how, how long, however many years ago it was. But yeah, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm seeing the, transition of a young punk to a mature, you know, young man, you know, and it's just, so I'm appreciating that aspect of it and I'm not watching it just for the movie, but I'm appreciating the story about it, you know, and I just, you know, there's nostalgia of being at an age, seeing a movie for, you know, being in the target audience, you know, you just watch it different when it's for you, you know, so I'm appreciating that about it. So I'll look back on this movie differently in the future than I looked back on it previously. So this is the perfect time to begin nostalgia, I guess I'll phrase it like that. But yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good point. Uh, Especially that. So I don't usually, I don't usually subscribe to the, the idea that you're going to, you know, if you rewatch a movie, you know, 10 times, you're going to see stuff you didn't notice before. Cause, um, it, I think it's just really hard to layer that much detail in so it can stand up to it. What I think mm-hmm. is happening there is that's, that that's not what you said on that before sunset sunset episode, but you know, I know that's because that's a masterclass that. in filmmaking, sir. <laughs> <laughs> now, but with this one, what's interesting about, I think some of these bigger and broader, very sincere movies that Pixar makes specifically is that, they're told from several perspectives, usually, usually two or three, you have intergenerational kind of stories and they're told with equal sensitivity towards both. And I think that's, what's really special about them is that you kind of age out of seeing one perspective and age into seeing the next. And I just remember being lightning and seeing my dad as doc and I'm transitioning as I have, I have two children of my own and I'm, I'm sort of starting to circle around the other side and kind yeah. of see exactly what he was seeing and why he was doing the things he was doing that I thought were just, as a kid, was just like wantonly cruel. Like, Doc's an asshole. <laughs> and now I'm like, no, he's really smart. He's making you pay for the damage you did, you reckless idiot. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's it, it, it's That's how I'm seeing something different and, and what, to what you're saying. I'm seeing it differently because I'm different. I'm I'm different than I was 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny you're mentioning that the last time I heard someone describe that experience of like watching a movie and seeing it from one angle through the eyes of one character and then later in life seeing it through a totally different character the last time I heard someone talk about that was uh, Requiem for a Dream mm. where uh, you've got like the the punks that are you know doing whatever drugs and uh, messing up their lives and, you know, living life in the fast lane. But then, you know, when he said that when he was younger, that was the character that he understood and that he was drawn towards and that it kind of changed his life or his mentality. And that now he's older. He's like, I mean, he's, he's our age. He's not that old, but um, you know, mid thirties. And he said that now he's starting to see the older lady, like in her experience with 
drugs, obviously in the, in the movie. Um, but it's, it's interesting movies like that. I wonder if that's, um, I don't, I don't know how you do that as a, as a writer and as a director, like how do you write a movie or a story with those multiple, you know, multiple storylines and multiple perspectives. And, you know, as a viewer, I find it like I almost have to watch it in the current perspective or in my current state. How do you make a piece of art that's like digestible by multiple generations? I don't, I don't know how people do that. Maybe it's, Maybe it's All because writers. you have multiple writers and uh, like maybe. each person's bringing something else to the table. Uh, also, it's, it's also happy accident. Do not discount true. the accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of um, hate to hijack, but on that same note, like um, again, I, this is, I can't, I can't hate to keep plugging the other podcasts, but the um, slash film cast or the, the film cast podcast. Now, when they did interstellar, a big part of that conversation was, you know, one of the guys, I mean, two out of three were dads. Oh, wait, back then, was it one out of three? I don't know, but a I big think part only of Jeff the was. Yeah, yeah, I think only Jeff at the time was a dad. And a big part of the conversation was like um, Dave, David Chin just, they said he didn't really get it because he wasn't a dad. And a lot of the, I think after the fact, a lot of the readers, you know, wrote in and whatever. And they said, well, you'll get it when, when you're a dad, you'll, you'll view it differently. And I was, you know, kind of in David's, aspect or his headspace when he, he replied like i don't really believe that i don't you know i don't see it that way i think a movie is a movie if, if it's good it's good but i'm i'm literally kind of avoiding rewatching interstellar because i'm like i'm a dad now my kids are like old enough to be humans you know to be real people and I'm, i feel like i'm I'm nervous about rewatching it and i'm gonna see it differently and i'm gonna it's gonna hit me harder because I don't, I don't like feeling feelings i like you're gonna cry cold, like yeah, a baby yeah. You're gonna. That's what I'm saying. I, I like, cried like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I like. I like. I prefer being a cold, heartless monster. So seeing, you know, I, I don't want to actively introduce something to myself that's gonna. I know it's gonna break me. So I'm worried <laughs> about. Re- I, I do kind of subscribe to that now. It's like because seeing it, I guess that, that's something that just comes with time. You know, just who you were 15 years ago is not who you are today. You can kind of be the same type of character, the same type of vibe, but. You just had experiences that time gave you that you just literally didn't have when you were 15 years younger. So it's just like you're you're going to see things differently. You're going to react to characters differently. You're going to see aspects of something that you didn't quite understand because you just didn't have the life experience to see it. So I, I do subscribe to the fact that you just sometimes, you know, if you rewatch a movie years later, not even necessarily because you've had the life experience, just because who you are is not the same person you were 15 years ago. So you just may see something different. You may view a movie differently, even if you did like it, you know, back when, back when you first saw it, but yeah. Yeah. Not to hijack. I just want to add my two cents to that. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add on that point, Dan? No, no, that was it. I, I agree with everything. You said I, I, I was, I'm the same way when I was 20 years old, I thought, yeah, those people that say you have to have a life experience to watch this movie or that movie are just, just assholes. And, <laughs> and now I'm like, man, I, I think I'm one of those assholes. Like I, <laughs> I, 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 and, and like, obviously the more mature thing is to say like in 20 years, who knows, I might watch movies and think another thing, right? Like we're all changing. We're all on this path to, you know, and we're all uh, bringing different package, different packages with us 
to to a movie and and different perspectives and you know to never uh to be willing to not discount other people's experiences and their their viewing experiences because of that right yeah Indeed. but also also sometimes you know maybe if you're 20 maybe if you're out there writing movie reviews maybe if you're out there throwing down some hot takes maybe you should just step back and just reconsider for a minute and just realize that you will have to look back and what you wrote and said and thought. <laughs> no, no, you be you kid. <laughs> I'm like, you be you. like I said, I, uh, I, I was doing uh, before it was my movie fix podcast. It was, um, I think it was Sir's movies. I don't even remember, but I, I'm looking at, like I, I had some takes and like my, my co-host at the time was like, I think that's a little strong, but it's like, I stand by what I said, even if right now I don't even agree. You know what? You felt that when you felt it. So God, you know, be you buddy, <laughs> be you, you know, be, you know well, in, in that, in the spirit of that, then sir, I want you to throw down a favorite scene of yours here and just know that in 15 years, when this is for sure the most listened to podcast in America, <laughs> you, people will know you thought this. Oh man. Um come back to me. I'm I'm not ready. I got to I got to think about it. I honestly the scene that stands out to me when I think of cars and this is this is purely just visually amazing. I think the opening scene, I think the the way that it introduces Lightning McQueen um like you were saying uh sir the I am speed and showing the cars and, you know, speeding past. <laughs> the, it's, yeah. It's so good. And like the, the, the animation on this, I don't know about you guys, but to me, it totally withstood the test of time. Yeah. I think it looks beautiful. It, every scene um, is gorgeous. I, if somebody told me it came out last year, I would probably believe it. Like yeah. it, um, it just looked really, really good. Um, the, and this first scene, in my opinion, is one of the most beautiful, just the, the actual, you know, race scene of these cars, you know, running into each other and, and lightning McQueen speeding around them, the explosions and just everything that happens. It's, it's also really, really clever in the way that it introduces, um, the, the main three contenders in the race. Um, it kind of does like this pause in the middle of the race and the king and shows chick Hicks. Lightning McQueen. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. And it like, it, it captures you with beginning in the race and then in the middle of the race, it explains who the characters are and then it goes back and you're invested and you want to see who wins. And, um, and the fact that nobody wins, that it's a tie. I, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie like this. I just watched it. It's, I've probably seen it five times. I forgot that it was a tie. I was like, Oh wait, yeah. I forgot who wins. And then it's a tie. And I'm like, Oh, that right. That's right. That's, that's the way the movie keeps going is uh, they have to race again. Um, but it's a clever, you know, it's a clever way to make the movie and the plot um, kind of continue and, uh, and make you invested in the characters. And um, it's, yeah, I, I just think this is a, a really, really clever way to start a movie like this and introduce you to this weird world where the, all the cars are the people, but also the cars are the cars racing um, <laughs> it's a, it's yeah, just a really clever beginning of a series like this. It's like yeah. one of my favorite line readings of the movie too, 
when when lightning does the tongue right and it's a three-way tie and they're like it's too close to call it's too close to call <laughs> everyone's just like flipping out it's really funny it's really mm-hmm. funny um yeah, yeah it's okay a great scene. yeah i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna hijack it I'm gonna, I'm gonna call that one mine too i just i've been trying to go through it in my head because like i said i've, I've watched it Literally, probably four times over the past six days. You know, just it's. Uh, I knew this was coming up, so I wanted to rewatch it myself. I was like, okay, cars, let's watch cars again. So, but um, I, I'm still in it because there's a lot of there's a lot of heart to this movie, right? And so there's individual scenes that I think of that make this movie filled with heart. But I just it all comes back to the beginning because he's not a. I mean, they think of it as like a hotshot racer, but I mean, he is incredibly talented. Like literally, if his tires had lasted a, an additional half of a lap, he would have won this by a whole lap, which is incredible in racing terms, you know? So right. it's like he he's dumb talented and like even though he had to limp along and barely made it, he was still cocky afterwards and just just watching all of that. It's like, and again, the racing scene, like there was one camera angle where it was behind the left tire and I'm like that, yeah. I want to see that. If, if NASCAR could somehow figure out a way to make that work, I'm watching NASCAR because that just, <laughs> it just looks amazing, you know? So, um, yeah, but it just, and, and then that leading into um, the scene where uh, after the race is over, uh, Mac, I guess, you know, his one, his one quasi friend, the Mac truck um, tells him that he parked his trailer outside the Rusty's uh, tent he doesn't want to go in because he thinks no, no, he's, no, too, no, 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 yeah, no, he's, he's, he's too cool to be with the rusty cars. And he goes in and he's like, you know, it's it's kind of how movies show a young person scared of old people walking around and they're <laughs> gross, old, you know, you see the rusty cars and I don't know. It's just. It, and it, the one, just, the one bumper know. falls off the one yeah. car. It's like his lower and, jaw. Yeah. That comes back later. His name was Fred. And then later at the big race, he's like, he knows my name. It's like, okay. He knows my name. He, yeah. Because he had a bumper's that said Fred on it. But yeah, anyway, so it's just, I don't know. It, it that really sets up a, the, the racing aspect of, and how actually skilled he is, you know? And like, honestly, he's, I mean, he's, he's an incredibly talented race car driver and the rest of the movie shows him becoming more mature and you know how, how that happened. But I don't know. It's just, this movie wouldn't have been the same if they didn't show that he could, he he was good, you know. He he was better than good, and the rest of the movies. I don't know. It does kind of get to a gray area with the second and third movies because how does a super good person have to be super good? He's really good, but also he's learning to be good. But anyway, but yeah, I don't know. It just, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm hijacking it because again, I think the way it's set up, who he is in the world is was done really good, and just also mentioning. After the race was over, before the terrible scene where he's a bad guy, you know, tell, telling the other guy to work, Mac, telling Mac to work uh, dangerous hours, even though the the DOC says the DOT says you need to sleep X amount of hours, he's trying to force him to work. But watching that, like, <laughs> it reminded me of, um, oh goodness, what's the, um, oh, and I forgot her name, the movie about the lady that traveled the country living in the trailer i forgot nomad land nomad land so i'm literally thinking of nomad land watching him drive the truck because some of those <laughs> scenic you know animated views were just like it's beautiful you know it's you know it's just watching the countryside the stuff that you don't really get to see and it's just really 
like I said, it, I'm watching a 4K, you know, animated video from 2006. And I'm like, if I just paused this and I was walking by, I wouldn't know whether this was animated or if this was just like a screen crab or some nature show. It was just yeah. really pretty. So mm-hmm. just got to give kudos to that. So I, I'm going to I'm going to squeeze it up the first 10 minutes or so. That's that's my favorite part, because I know kind of what happens afterward. It gets a bit cliche, but, you know, the, the story as a whole. I really liked, but those first 10 minutes just. It's, that's, that's my jam. So it really feels like the lighting of the fuse, you know, yeah. like there's so much momentum that's built in. And actually I have to say my favorite, my favorite, like one second of the movie comes from this opening 10 minutes. It's in when they show the Rusty's commercial. And mm. I've seen this movie. I, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this movie, not by my own choice, but because I had grew up with a lot of kid siblings that just threw it on. And then yeah. that was what was on. And so you'd either watch TV or you go outside and kick rocks. But <laughs> I've seen this movie so many times that we would just little mo- little sentences that aren't funny and don't mean anything would be the quotes that we'd throw back and forth about cars in my house. So one of them was, wow, look at that shine. And it's still something I use to this day a lot. And my wife doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about or why I'm saying this, these words in this tone. Um, but it's like, I'll watch something and hold it up and be like, wow, look at that shine. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all from this movie. I, I love that. I use it all the yeah. time. And it's great. Yeah. You guys should steal it because uh, it has so many uses. All yours. <laughs> <laughs> you should use it. Make it a thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that a lot. But I think I think my favorite scene is the scene after um, so Lightning comes in. He's sentenced to fix the damage that he has caused by his fateful wreck in the town. Um, really, he damaged the hell out of this town. And they tell him, if you pave this road, you can leave. And so he just forces it through. He just paves it like shit. (laughs) And then like, look, I'm done. And then Sally's like, it looks awful. And he goes, yeah, matches the rest of the town. (laughs) And then like red bursts into tears and drives away. But then Mater's like, all right, first one on the new road. (laughs) He's bouncing. (laughs) Drives pretty smooth. Um, Everything about that's funny. And then when Doc tells him to scrape it up and do it again, and they have that face off. That was me as a teenager fighting with my dad. Exactly mm. what that looked like. Dad said, do this. You can go do that. Like you want to go out with your friends, do this thing. So I did that thing and I did it really fast and I did it real shitty. And I said, well, mm. I did it. And he goes, no, you didn't. And now you're going to miss going to your friends and you're going to undo the work you did and you're going to redo it the right way. Yeah. And that was all of me being a teenager over and over and over again. And so. It's my favorite scene because it it illustrates sort of the growth period and especially like the, the scene of him, you know, forcing up the asphalt with the, with the little shovel and grumbling. Yeah. Radiator Springs, a happy place. <laughs> that was me outside on my family's farm screaming at nobody because no one could hear me. Um, just bitching about everything in my life. And it's so amazing that I can literally watch me as a teenager in an animated movie about cars. Yeah. There it is. That's that's my favorite scene. Um, yeah, yeah, that process. I mean, like I said, there's there's a bunch of you know little you know scenes like that that just make up the you know what, what I think is an awesome movie. Like I, I didn't I didn't give it a star rating because I was trying to keep it a secret, but honestly, like four and a half. You know, it's not it's not perfect. Nice. But it's 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 very you know, like it's very good, and the story is just so it's heartfelt. It's it has meaning and this has been done worse by a lot of other movies. So it's like, it just, 
this is the epitome of this type of movie to me. So very much works. Um, and, and that scene where they're driving around, it's just like, it just, it just shows you exactly. I mean, obviously he won three piston cups, so he's no, he knows his stuff, but it just shows you how even, you know, I think it was 50 years later, just, he's got that in his back pocket. He knows, he knows his kid's a skilled driver, but he knows he's cocky. So I, I can go without, you know, saying anything. I know that if we race on this track, he's going to fall off because he doesn't know dirt roads. I can tell that just by looking at him. But yep. also, it shows you Lightning McQueen's character because he doesn't have um, the shoe on, the you know, the wheel lock or whatever. He's got a full tank of gas. If he wanted to, he could run. You know, after he goes and runs off, and you know, he goes into the, the cacti or whatever, which is so they can have cactuses in this. World. And we'll get to that later. But uh, <laughs> so it's it's like what's he? He's doing that out of his his honor, his word. He gave his word that if he lost the race, he would do the actual work and he did, you know? So it's just like, it just, it just shows both of their characters, right. In that little scene right there. So I just, yeah. So it's just and, there's, and there's lots of little how, moments like that throughout this movie. And how lightning is driven to succeed. He's driven. Yeah. He's, he's truly, he needs to win. So what becomes more important than winning his piston cup is beating doc. Yeah. He has to be the best racer. And this guy beat him straight up. And he's got to figure out how, like, it's not in him to be able to lose like that. And I, I love that. I love that about him. I, I love that, that they created a character that's, that is a physical representation of his interior life. He is a race car. <laughs> like his, his inner life and his outer life are exactly mirrored. And that's beautiful. You don't really get to see that often. Um, yeah. I think it's pretty, it's a pretty genius storytelling move here. Um, yeah. There's a, um, I have a friend who he's got a whole bunch of kids. I actually don't even know how many now. Um, I think they're up to like 13 or 14. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I mean, an insane amount, but they, I think it was number nine. They had a, a boy. You'd be forgiven for not remembering. <laughs> yeah. So they had number nine and um, his name's Vinny. This kid was the most, uh, headstrong kid that I've ever met that his father had ever met that anybody had ever met. This kid was like, you tell him to do one thing. He's going to do the opposite guaranteed. <laughs> and the parents were completely like they had, they had no idea what to do. Even after that many kids, they had never come come up across this in a kid. Like, what do we do when this kid is, you know, so dependent or independent and, you know, at a young age, he was like five or six when he started showing these signs of like, you cannot control this kid. He's just going to do whatever he wants. And the kind of the way that they discovered they could help him kind of handle that and help like develop his character and like, you know, get him to do stuff around the house and all the other stuff. Um, they discovered that if they made him in charge of the task, if they mm. told him, like, this is your goal, you are in charge of, you know, making sure that everybody is in line and, put, you know, whatever it was, like the example that my friend gave was like, if all the kids are throwing oranges at each other and they shouldn't throw oranges, instead of just telling Vinny not to throw oranges, because that'll just make him do it more, you put Vinny in charge of making sure nobody throws oranges. <laughs> and then Vinny will be the most, you know, like, uh, authoritarian, like nobody's allowed to throw oranges and he's going to make sure nobody does. 
Um, and that was kind of the trick that they discovered with him was like, he needs to be in charge. And so if you put him in charge of doing the right thing and following orders and following what mom and dad says, that was like, that was the the key that opened up his, you know, the ability to, to train him or to, to teach him um, how to be responsible. And that's kind of how I thought about this was like, Lightning McQueen, he wins everything he does. He wins. He's the best out there. And, and the, like Doc Hudson knows that, you know, the way to make him pave this road is to make him need to win this road or like win this, you know, this task and become the owner of it and make it the best thing. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool the way that, um, that Doc Hudson knows everything about his character and it's kind of like a, you know, like from a writing perspective, it's cliche that, you know, Doc Hudson won these piston cups and all this, and it's all a happy happenstance, but um, it's a really cool, like from a, from a, you know, from a parent's perspective, if you have a kid like this, like you have to treat them differently. You have to um, almost rewrite the book as far as how to, um, you know, teach them how to be disciplined and how to follow orders and all that. Like it's going to look different than any other person. Then, uh, cause I literally had an example of that. Cause at the beginning, you know, um, Richard Petty's character, the King, he gave him the speech, you know, he's he, after the race was over, it's like, Hey kid, you're super talented. You know, you got more talent in your left lug nut than the whole, whole bunch of other guys. But what you have to do, you need a team. You're dumb. You know, you're dumb for winning like that. You need a team that blah, 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 blah. He just he goes <laughs> in one ear, right out the other. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah, I mean, if you're a, a parent or an authoritative figure or whoever, if you run across somebody like that, you think you're doing the right thing by giving them the speech. But for some some people, it's like, hey, I ain't, I ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's like you got to come at them the right way for them to get the message. And, you know, Doc was that guy for him. I also love that's um, just on a, a tiny, tiny tangent. I love that this movie does sprinkle in some of that humor. Like you said, left lug nut. Just by no. adding in the word lug, now the movie's rated G. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, nut wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense. I guess it would have, you know. <laughs> There's a lot um, of like innuendo stuff in here that I was yeah, surprised oh, yeah. at. That's actually, you know what? Sidebar. Um, this, this has to be answered. This must be answered. Sir, you put this up in the Google doc. I want to answer it now. And I want to give a specific example as to why I'm very confused. So in the opening of the movie that we've talked about, the crowd does the wave with the headlights, right? All the cars rear up with their headlights and that's the wave. You're going to talk about the girls right now. Yep. Later on when lightning (laughs) queen is there, the two girls come up and they say, we're your biggest fans. They say, ka-chow. They flash their bright lights at him. He says, boy, what does he say? He's like, uh. I, I'm glad to be me, right? Yeah. Um, quite a horny response. However, what has just happened in terms of the Cars universe that we've seen set up is they raised their hands. That's what happened. Yeah, the, the innuendo is that they flashed him. You know, you get yep. it? They flashed. You get because of the lights, the flashing lights. Yeah, the flat. You get it? You get it? You're that flashing? Yeah, okay. So, which is, on another hand, is really weird because they're made out to be like, teenagers <laughs> you know yes, they're made yes, out to be like are. like 
teeny bopper, you know, fans. It's like, did I, am I okay to watch this? Do I got to turn my head? Did I just watch teenagers <laughs> flash a grown? You're like, okay. So everything falls apart when you think too deep on it because the tires aren't a part of their bodies. They get new tires exactly. all the time. But they, but they use them like hands. Yeah. So, well, I mean, so are they, is this like a bicycle race in the cars world? Because humans ride bicycles those are our our wheels so but they're all cars so is this like a foot race for them or is this like a bicycle race you know everything falls <laughs> apart when you think too deeply on it you know i just it just doesn't make sense also also there's lights on them right lights on the front but their <sighs> eyes are the 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 windshield so what are the lights they're attached to their body but what and yeah. then tr- what what about what what about the doors do the doors open can you go inside of a car? And well, sometimes the doors are like hands. Like the doors will come out as if those are doing hand things. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And and Lightning McQueen doesn't have lights, right? They're just stickers. Stickers. Yeah. But some people do have lights, you know, because there's a whole conversation about we don't, he doesn't have, head, I don't need headlights. So the headlights exist. Some people have headlights. So who's manufacturing the headlights? Who's installing, who made them? Because, you know, you know, this is obviously a young car because, you know, there are older cars. So is it just a factory? A factory that makes babies, you know, just, <laughs> not, not, you know, and there are so many different makes and models of different cars in this universe. So who's like, is it like manufacturing babies as a business in this world? <laughs> you know, it's just like. My wife had the same yeah, question. She's yeah. like, is the undercarriage, is it like. <laughs> the private area? Yeah. Are we talking about genitals here? Like, what's going on? She like he s- he saw the Porsche's pinstripe tattoo, like a tramp stamp, yeah. right? Like a tattoo right. above the butt on the lower back. So that's that's so that's the butt. So the butt of the car is a human derriere. But and, and the the sheriff was on the lifts, and he's like, get you get a good look, you know. So obviously he's looking at his genital, you know. It's just. The rules, Get a good man. Good look, city boy. <laughs> the rules, man. It just it, it falls apart when you start thinking too deep about how all this works, man. So you know, because I'm the, just thinking the, if the, if the human butt is supposed to be at the rear of the car, then the undercarriage would be like the bottom of your feet. I don't know. I mean, I, I give them a little leeway because their cars are not humans, but still, it, it falls apart when you think too deep on it. The one that kind of annoyed me on this last watch was the the buttes or the, I don't know what to call them. Like when they're up on the hill and why do they look like cars? Why do those look like cars? And why are the bugs cars? Why are the bugs cars? Neither of those, I feel like make any sense or need to be jokes. I think there can be plants, but there can't be, I guess there's a certain, um, cut off before actual life has to be a car, you know, because plants are alive, quote unquote, but plants can still be plants. But an, uh, a little insect, a mosquito, that has to be a, a, an actual VW bug. And then I'm confused because there are VW bugs that are mosquito size, but the VW Volkswagen <laughs> is the, the huge, you know? So it's just like VW is all over the map, you know? They're making everything, you know? Are Who's those big bugs? The insects <laughs> are pollinating the, the, the plants and they're driving around. So it, theoretically, there is a VW plant that makes bug-sized vehicles with wings that are out there flying. For but what? Who is purchasing those? And you and, know what? You know what they're doing too. They're making them less intelligent. 
<laughs> it's it's Radiator Springs. So it's like, do they need bugs? It's like, do the bugs have a utilitarian purpose? Who ordered the bugs out in Radiator Springs where they don't have money or visitors? So it's like, where are the all, birds? Goodness gracious, it's all falling There's apart. There's no man. birds. You don't need plants if you don't need oxygen. You don't need oxygen if you don't have anything alive. I'm not. Are the cars no, there alive? are birds. There are birds for about half a second when they're driving. There's the joke. It's, That's it, true. It's a reference to the the short uh, short film where the birds are on the the. That's uh, right. What do you call it? The the, the telephone wire. Telephone mm-hmm. wire. Yeah, and there's the there's little the noise, and I was like, that is actually kind of a cool, funny yeah. little callback. But but what are they eating? All the bugs are cars. Just doesn't. Falls it doesn't apart, make sense. Falls apart. <laughs> falls, falls apart. <laughs> Anyway, I, that's I, I want to call the sidebar there. It falls apart. Sidebar ended. Uh, I just had to answer that question because it's been bugging me for just just Hello. decades. Hey, who's who's been bugging you? Hey yo, hey yo. bugging me, man. Yeah. <sighs> nice. Um, let's answer. Let's answer some questions before we get uh, to our our final final series here. Final series of questions. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, how far a dip in quality is this from previous work? Let's take a look at their previous work. So pre-June no, 9th, 2006, Pixar has released six movies. Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, and The Incredibles. So there's almost a there's a year and a half gap between The Incredibles and this. Um, and at the time, I remember a lot of people were like, wow. Not as good as other things. And I remember answering, have you seen A Bug's Life? Like, <laughs> um, what do you guys think? Better, worse, um, on par? Um, I mean, me personally, I'm, I'm going to stretch it out further. I'm going to go to 8, 9, and 10. Ratatouille, Wally, and Up. Those first 10 movies, as, as a unit, as a collective, I don't know that there's been a studio that can match that period at the end of the sentence. I mean, those for what they're doing with the medium that they're telling the stories in the way that they're balancing stories for kids and adults. I mean, absolutely knocked out of the park. Toy Story three, uh, that's 11. You know, that's everybody remembers that for the one scene where they're about to go to the incinerator, but past that, I don't know if it has as much cliche and the, you know, cars Two, brave monsters, you know, kind of, it's, those it's are solid. three. Those yeah. are three whiffs for me. Cars yeah. two, Brave, and Monster University are like ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh. Yeah, but, but I mean, Toy Story to have to say that's your first movie. It's like you're, 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 you know, you're starting off from a very high peak. You can only go down from here. Obviously, Bugs Life not as great, but Toy Story two, Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, Incredibles, Cars was solid, Ratatouille was solid, Wally still my favorite of the Pixar universe, oh, wow. and and Up. You know, those are. That is quite a collection of movies. And to say one studio did it, that's why they got the cultural cachet that they got. They basically had a blank check and could do what they want because those first 10 movies were, it's like you can, you know, I'm going to go see, that's what for the next 10 years, it was a Pixar movie is coming out. I'm going to go see it because they made those first 10 movies. Nowadays, obviously, like I haven't seen Buzz Lightyear, um, the new one. I, I just... I Me didn't either. think it was going to be very good. I heard the reviews wasn't great. So it's like they they lost that magic where if a 
Pixar movie was coming out, we're going to go see it because Pixar is Pixar. And these days, not so much. So leading up to it, honestly, Toy Story 2, solid Toy Story, A1, Bucks Life, solid, Monsters, Inc. It's an A, but it's like, it's not, you know, it's not a shiny A, it's an A. Finding Nemo, you know, that was a cultural reset that just, you know, that set the world on fire when it came out. You Top know, of the uh, charts. Yeah. I think Incredibles, I feel like it doesn't have the love that the other ones have, but it's still a solid, you know, very good animated movie. Obviously, Ratatouille, same thing. I feel like there are, there are circles. There are, you know, niches or niches. Just Ratatouille is, you know, the best thing smoking. Obviously, I love Wally. I don't think they have just an overall mix between movies for kids, adults, the animation style, the story they was telling, the first you know fifteen minutes where there's no sound. I just it's amazing. Wally, Wally is the best thing Pixar's made to me, and then Up, which is you know Up. So it's just I think they absolutely hit it out the park with those ten. And I'm looking over the list now. I just don't see a movie that could like if we're if we're listing them best movie to worst movie. I don't see a movie in between 10 and 20 that would make the top 10 and just, you know, so I just think, you know, I know the question was up to when it came out, but I'm squeezing it a little bit more because I do think it does fit in with the rest of the movies. I think, you know, neither of them before just like, you know, super high, super low, but just those first 10, nothing they've done since can kind of squeeze into those top 10 for me. I, I think yeah, I, I and I agree. I think um, my my review of Cars was that if I lived in a world without Pixar, I would probably rate this like four stars, four and a half stars, probably. Um, it's almost like it. It's almost like it. Uh, it only struggles by what it's being compared to, which is all the mm-hmm. other Pixar movies. It's um, it's a tough it's a tough list to compete with like, and maybe that's unfair of us to, to compare it to its own, you know, studios movies. Cause uh, you know, there's other animated stuff out there that, that all is pretty, you know, a lot of it sucks out there and uh, Pixar is doing something amazing. And um, it's yeah. Looking at these first 10 movies, it, it really does blow your mind. Each one of them, even if it's not great, I mean, even a bug's life, yeah, sure. It's it's not nearly as good as the the other ones around it, but it was still a, a classic. I still remember yeah. watching it on VHS a million times, and um, I think Toy that, Story that two line was, that I'm not scared of one of them, but there's so many more of them that that like that line stood the test of time. The movie, not so much, but especially these days with the you know political landscape we're in these days, that line just has really stood the test of time. Even if, if the movie around it didn't so much, but. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Like the, the, the group or the, yeah, everybody together is stronger than any one individual. It's like a lot of these things are what kind of formed my, my outlook on the world. Probably if I really deep dived into these things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's tough to compare cars with movies like finding Nemo and monsters, Inc and Incredibles that are all, you know, a, a listing in my, in my book. Um, so maybe that's what it really struggles with is that it's not up to those standards that there's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of scenes in cars that are, that feel very dumb or very like pandering to kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's, I think what I, 
ding it most for is those those random scenes where it just feels like a throwaway joke that takes you know a few minutes of the movie and and it really feels like it's just for you know to get the kids to laugh at some bathroom humor and um, it, it definitely feels like the kiddiest right like right it, of of those ten movies it feels the one that's the most for a kid whereas well, some of the oh. other ones like 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 Wally seems like it's incidentally kids can watch it too. You know what I mean? Is that is that kind of what you're saying, Dan? Right. And definitely, like, especially for certain scenes specifically, like, I, I feel like there's not many scenes in these other movies that are purely for kids. Um, so, yeah, for that, I think it's definitely Cars. Cars is the most kiddish in that it has the most scenes that are just for the kids. And those definitely take me out of it and, you know, remind me that I'm just watching a kid's movie. The other movies... I don't feel that way about any of the scenes almost, you know, like I remember I took a movie film class in college and we watched scenes from the Incredibles because they were genius. Like they were really incredibly in like smart and the way they were shot with the camera work. It's like the fact that we're watching an animated movie that I watched when I was a kid and these, you know, the, these, uh, these professors are gushing over them is incredible not to make a pun, but um, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it, it's great that these movies are so, you know, have a reputation that they have to live up to. And I hope that cars goes, you know, it ages well and that 20, 30 years from now, people are looking at it, you know, more favorably, but I definitely think it, it struggles in this list that we're looking at. Sidebar. Quick question. So, sir, your favorite Pixar film is Wally, correct? Correct. Dan, what is your favorite Pixar? Got to oh, name man, one. You, you, me can't, on you can't pick two or three. What? Go with your gut. What's All what's right. in your heart? My heart says Inside Out. I absolutely love that movie. Um, it hits the hardest for me. It makes me uh, tear up more times than I'm willing to admit, and. <laughs> Bing bong is not fair. That was not fair. They did that to us. (laughs) Oh man. Just tear my heart out and burn it in front of me. Like it, it's so, so sad. Um, yeah, no, I, I just, I love inside out. I think it's so clever. It, you know, the psychological piece of it. I was, I was in college taking psychology classes when it came out. And so it just felt like it was written for me in in that moment. And, uh, and I, I love everything about it. What about you, Vito? What's your favorite? Um, I'm, no, no, my my <laughs> I am torn between Onward and Ratatouille. Really? Um, yeah. I love Ratatouille so much and Onward makes me cry like a little baby. Um yeah, those two. And I I, I like any time, like even just looking at this top 10 list of of Pixar, um with the exception of A Bug's Life and Up. Uh first 20 minutes of Up, probably one of the best things ever made. Uh the remaining bit of Up, who cares? Uh, but you could ask me to sit down and watch any of these movies and I would sit down and watch any of them at any time. They're, they're beautifully made, but Ratatouille, man, I could just watch it day in, day out and onward. Man, it's so touching. Yeah. yeah. That, that's are, what are I would Are you big say. into cooking? Are you into, is that why oh, Ratatouille yeah. hits you? Oh yeah. Love cooking. Love it. Love it so much. I love the I love describing the kitchen and I love the the drama and I love the, the chefs yelling at each other. Like I, I worked in this in the service industry for a long time, been in, around kitchens almost all my working life, and 
that's what it's like just with a lot more efforts <laughs> and a lot more drugs. <laughs> um, I love it. I love that very much. It's an atmosphere I've, I'm very comfortable in. And I like that that movie kind of delivers that. Um, anyway, anyway, sidebar ended. Um, all right. Last, uh, last two questions here. I, you know, we've already kind of talked about the sequels a little bit. Not, not, not so great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the second one, just complete miss. Like they, it felt all studio notes because, you know, uh, Larry, the cable or guy, Mater. you know, yeah. Larry, the cable guy was a thing this, you know, that was a, it was a dark time in American history. You know, Larry, the cable <laughs> guy was a thing. And so they doubled down on that, made him else basically his movie. And so, okay, so a little note I added earlier. So as as far as I, you were talking about, you know, it being kind of um, the different perspectives in my my arc of these three movies, I feel like the first one wasn't even really Lightning McQueen's movie. It was more Doc's movie. It was him you know, dealing with what he went through, this young puck brought him out of his shell, brought him back into the real world in life and et cetera. The second movie was about Mater because that's what the studio said. They said, you know, the kids kids love, you know, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> <We're> to- <laughs> it's Toe Mater. <laughs> his name is Toe Mater. Get it? Toe Mater. So, <laughs> you know, so it was just, that, that was his movie. They turned Mater into a spy and then, you know, Lightning McQueen was just kind of a backup char- character racing. That was just kind of the backdrop to what the movie was, but it was really Lightning McQueen's movie. And then the third movie was a secret passing the torch movie. So like it was the same way this was Lightning McQueen movie, but really it ended up being more about what happened with Doc. The third movie was, you know, his trainer, you know, him passing the torch, him being to her what Doc was to him. You know, that's the third movie was more her. So Lightning McQueen just was kind of, he he was the vehicle for all three of these movies. But yeah, the second movie just, just British spies made her telling jokes and, you know, it just, it just didn't work. I mean, sure. It, it seemed like if, again, if Pixar didn't exist, this is what I would expect an animated movie to be. But Pixar set the bar as to what an animated movie could be. So it's just disappointing that they would make this as a follow-up to this first car. So it just had none of the heart. It had none of the the love. And I think the third movie was a reset. It, it had that heart. It, you know, it, it had the, it had a little bit of the jokes and the humor. It was really, you know, about the action between the two characters and it ended up being, you know, a secret passing the torch movie. I don't know how it worked in the legit. I don't know enough about racing to think if you could, if you start the race, somebody else can finish spoiler alert, but <laughs> it just, you know, it, it, it had heart that the second movie just very much didn't have. So, you know, I yeah. do think, you know, the third movie was a course correction. I do think it was a very solid. I very much enjoyed it. But the, the second was just a really sour note on what this this uh, trilogy was that you just, you know, you, you felt the studio and you felt that that was the Pixar slide as it started being, you know, what it would eventually, you know, become, which is, you know, sure, they 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 get the checks because of the name, but they don't they don't have the same people behind it, the same heart, the same whatever. Yeah, as far as this trilogy, yeah, Cars One, Cars Three, Cars Two. Everyone, 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 stop the presses. <laughs> Sir and I completely agree. Mm. <laughs> On three movies, <laughs> <laughs> never happened before, may never happen again. But Sir and I completely yeah. agree on three 
movies and it's amazing they're all in the same franchise i i don't have anything else to add no notes yeah you said it i what do you think dan do you do, do you agree disagree uh yeah i i think cars 2 is the greatest of the three no, no, the world makes sense again. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I, I need to rewatch. I think it's awesome that you've been watching all three of them um, back to back. I think mm. to compare them, I think you kind of have to do that. Um, I remember liking the third far more than, than the second one. And even maybe more than the first one, um, I mean, even just looking at the poster for the third one, it's pretty awesome. It's like Lightning McQueen up upside down in this really close shot, close to the race track, and it's it's awesome. It's like a it could be like a, a background, you know, on my desktop. It looks really beautiful. Um, but I just remember liking the third one a lot more with the storyline and the the characters, um, Lightning McQueen being in this like you were saying where he's kind of a mentor and he's kind of like a, it's like his first time being a mentor and he's not sure how to do it. And it's, it has more heart and more kind of, um, I don't know what to call it, like relatability. Maybe um, there's just more thought put into the characters, into the, the storyline. Um, I didn't have that with the second one. I remember it just being like, yeah, it's just about a bunch of like 007 references and, um, and a bunch of, yeah, Mater being Mater. And, um, that's funny for about two seconds, but <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely remember the third one most fondly in the, in this list for sure. Yeah. Hear, uh, hear, hearing a car say, get her done. It's just that. You're done. Completely <laughs> yanks you out. Okay. I, I remember that era. Yeah. Well, I remember, was, yeah. You remember the blue collar comedy tour? Yeah. Yeah. I remember they did a whole short short film, I think, on Mater and the Ghost Light. I'm they did, like, they've done several short films starring Mater. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know who those are made for, but babies. They're made for babies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little little babies. Um, yeah. the only joke I can think of from Larry the Cable Guy is when that, and it's weird hearing Mater talk about stuff because Mater goes, you know, I'm happy in a tornado in a trailer park. You're like, when do tornadoes feel things? Maybe in the car universe they do. But I, I just remember the the my grandma's got the walking farts joke from from Layer the Cable Guy's set. And I just like I can't I can't believe I can't believe there was a time where like this was the best selling <laughs> comedy act. Grandma's got yeah. the walking farts. All right. Yeah. Sounds good, America. To be alive. I, I still I think Jeff Jeff Foxworth and Ryan White were solid. I, I did enjoy I guess oh, it, yeah. it was more country type, but it was like it was it was solid comedy, but you know, the Larry Cable guy was, I mean, it was very for like, it, it was the type of thing that isn't, isn't supposed to last for 20 years. It's, yeah. it's humor of the time. It's, he's leaning into it. Like you see him Is doing. Is Foxworthy the, the here's your sign guy? Yeah. 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 That was good. Yeah. So it's like, but yeah. The Larry the Cable Guy. It's like it's just you know hey, it, it's it's studio notes. It's, hey, this is what's selling. This is what's of the era. Let's throw it in there until people get tired of it. It's like yeah, that that works. And I'm sure they made you know some solid money, you know that day. <laughs> but that's not the kind of thing you throw on streaming services and 10, 15 years later people go to rewatch because it's 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 just super dated now. But yeah, right, right. Well, um. 
Before we move into our final question, I would like to ask if anyone had any final thoughts, final cars-related opinions they just need to get out there. I said my piece pretty much on this one. Going once. I think I got one thing to say. I This last time watching it, I did appreciate... Um, I did appreciate how it kind of was trying to show this like small town America feeling and this feeling of this, you know, a highway coming in and taking over all the business and, or, you know, taking away all the business from their, from their little town. Um, I think more and more, maybe it's just me getting older, but I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, life in the big city isn't all it's cracked up to be all the time. And, um, so I, I definitely appreciated that this time watching it, like the scene of, uh, of lightning McQueen. And I forget the, his, his love interest name, Sally, Sally, he and Sally go for a ride and it's, it's just a ride, right? He's, he's like, well, where are we going? And she's like, it's just a ride. Like, don't you ever just drive somewhere? And I think that's a very American, you know, stereotype, right? That like, we love going on a road trip and just, having a good time while you're driving and, and this feeling of, you know, um, I, I love the, the line where he says, you know, back then people drove to have a good time, not just to make time. So, something yeah. like that. I'm probably butchering it, but I, I really like that kind of that feeling of, you know, driving should be something that's enjoyable in and of itself. Like a trip. I, I grew up doing road trips up to Wisconsin my whole life. Cause we, we have a bunch of family up there and I remember the trips more than I do the destination. Like I, I loved those, those, those road trips. And, um, I think that's something that this movie definitely captured. And I, I appreciated this time more than, than before just how well it captured that. And part of it was the music. Part of it was the lines like that. Um, I thought it really captured that, like that road tripping American, nostalgic feel yeah it's been I'm, i've been a it, it's a weird thing of mine but ever since i was like a, a kid like that's my that was my dream of being a dad is to go on a road trip i want to see the roadside attractions the world's biggest ball of yarn the x the y you know now that i am an adult the logistics of that freak me out <laughs> you know it's like where we're we gonna <laughs> sleep where we're we gonna go to the bathroom uh, renting an RV is like 500 bucks a day or something stupid like that. So it's like that I'm all freaked out about, but it's like, that's like, that's that ever since I was a kid, that's what I want to do with my family. I want to, I want to go on those road trips. I want to stop and see the stuff that nobody wants to see. Cause I just, I don't care where we go, but it's just like, I want to spend time cramped in a family van and make those memories because, you know, again, 20 years from now, you don't think about the trip to grandma's house and you know how how you know the the food you ate that weekend but you do remember those times i went on a road trip with my family you know so those are the kind of memories i want to make and again part of me just wants to see the world's biggest you know frying pan or whatever <laughs> you know that, that's all that's on my bucket list but you know there, there's always a mummy involved it's always like <laughs> mummy on the side of the road you gotta go see it <laughs> yeah. we mummified uh, this uh this cow Mummy cow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sorry, that was that was completely non cars. It was cars adjacent, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm non-cars. always cars adjacent. Um, so sidebar. 
<laughs> so another, you know, what really grinds my gears question. So they were, they were talking about how nobody ever comes to see them and they, they haven't had customers in X amount of years, but in the, in the movie over that five day span, we saw three. Well, so there was the Mack truck at the beginning. He was on route 66. He was going the other way. If he would have took a left, but so obviously there's still stuff on route 66. Cause that Mac, not the, uh, uh, Peter built truck. He went right where um, Lightning Queen went left. So there's still people traveling on Route 66. And then there was that lost couple. I do want to shout those guys out: Richard yeah. Kind and 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 legendary character actress Edie McClurg. Okay, I love Richard Kind, and I just heard his voice. I was like, I know who you are. Sorry. <laughs> nah. And then they they came back to do the little uh, cameo at the end or whatever. So yeah, this, this, this is this. Oh, oh look, it was Von yeah. Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? So this was this was Marvel before Marvel when they had an end credit scene where you had to stay to watch you know people right. get lost for two seconds. But yeah, so that that was that was my sidebar because like it made it made me it was a nit I had to pick. It's like hey, people still come, you know, and so they're, they're you're still, just you guys are just yeah. like fucking weird though. You guys yeah, are treating people very strangely, <laughs> just a little bit, you know. So but yeah, end of sidebar. Okay. Love it. <laughs> I love it. I love when other people call sidebars. <laughs> um, sir, so you've already shown this to your kids. That deals with the question of the when and the would. Mm. But the question that I'd like to ask you is, is this a dad movie? So this is, you know, over the course of asking myself these type of questions, I, I'm creating subgenres of dad movies. This is a once you become a dad movie. I put it like that because – this is not a dad movie for like um, if I was 20 years old, never had kids, never going to have kids watching Greyhound. That's a dad movie for me, you know, watching whatever, you know, it's just watching a saving private Ryan. That's a dad movie, but cars isn't a dad movie until you're the dad you're watching this in that um, perspective. It's like, okay, it's a being a dad movie. It's a dad lessons movie. It's a, you know, it's a dad movie in the aspect of you're seeing yourself through the scope of watching this type of movie, dad movie. So yes, it is a dad movie, but only because you see things differently than before you were a dad. It's a, it's a interstellar movie. That's my, that's my category of dad movies. It's an interstellar <laughs> movie, movies that you see differently when you're a dad. So this is, this it's an interstellar dad movie. I'm, I'm writing that down. So I'm going to remember for future use. It's an interstellar dad movie. I've said that six times. Now I'm going to stop saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How about you, Dan? Is this, uh, is, uh, uh, is, so I'm assuming you already have again, shown this to your kids. So this is just an if, I mean, sorry, is this a dad movie? And is this an interstellar dad movie? I guess is the second question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we watched it last night with my kids. We definitely, yeah. Um, is this a dad movie? I would say, I would say yes, that it is a dad movie for me. Um, it's a movie that that I feel like I could put on any time of the day and it's, you know, it's going to be a good time. I don't know that it's going to be one that I do put on anytime. There's like we were talking about before. There's so many other Pixar's that I, that I go to when I'm not sure what to put on. Um, but definitely I, I, I enjoy this more now that I'm older and um, yeah. So I, I agree with everything sir said. 
So I just, I just second what he said. I love it when people do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say that, that it is definitely a dad movie and it's, it's even to the point that I have watched this movie alone as an adult with two kids who are asleep. (laughs) Like I have turned this on in my own time um, only once. And I don't know if I'll do it again, but I just really wanted to feel what being a kid was like again. I really, Mm -hmm. it, it, it made me feel that again. It made me feel like what being a teenager was like again. And that's something that's actually, you know, surprisingly easy to forget is how it felt to be that age. And I like to try and never forget that. I'd like to try and and keep hold of that as long as I can, because I think that it helps me be a better parent when I can put myself in my kid's shoes and not just be the authoritarian asshole who's the one calling all the shots, right? Um, And Cars does that. And that's a weird thing to say. Cars makes me feel like a kid. And that's important to me. And I care about that a lot. Um, So I care about Cars a lot. And uh, it's, it's definitely a dad. We honestly, like... I didn't. I didn't want to say it in front of Mike and Jesse when we first started the show. But one of the <laughs> one of the movies I wanted to talk about the most was Cars, mm. and I wanted to shout out my memories and I wanted to shout out why I loved it. And this this was a sneaky big deal for me doing this because mm. this movie gets so much you know disrespect and shade from everybody. And I'm sure that no one's really going to listen to this episode because they're like, oh, Cars, and eh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> Speed was right before this. Like the speed's yeah. right there. <laughs> but, well, I was. I was, I'm surprised because on my, on my letterbox, your comment under my review was fart noises. It's because your star rating was too low. Yeah. I, I didn't want to say anything, but I felt a little different, you know, because I, I, I said, this is a four and a half star movie for me. And you were like, uh, if I'd never seen them, this would have been a four or four and a half. Like, so it's definitely lower than that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm at four stars. Sir is a half star higher than me. You're a full, I don't know. You're somewhere in the basement of the house. Sir and I are in the attic. I, um, yeah, that's why I, I commented it. fart noises. It's like a nice way of me being <laughs> bitchy. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought I thought you were agreeing with me because there's fart noises in the movie. I was like, oh, <laughs> he agrees with me. <laughs> no, I sponsor those fart noises. I'm happy they're there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so it was a but. There's fart noises. <laughs> no, no, no. It was more like I was making fart noises at your review. I really, I'm gonna go back and re-edit that comment. <laughs> So, <laughs> make it more clear yeah. who I'm making fart noises at and why. <laughs> um, all right. Well, then, for all of us uh, at Not Your Father's Movies, we've answered the dad question. We've talked about the movie. Is there anything else that we should shout out except to, again, point you to SirsFurniture.com. That's S-I-R-R-S. Furniture.com slash N-Y-F-M for all of your charcuterie board, cutting board, coaster, Handmade woodcraft needs, and it's all done by Sir Woods here. Don't forget to use code NYFM for ten percent off as a thank you for listening to this podcast, and to let the uh, hosts of the Not Your Father's Podcast movie. Hold on, I'm going to rephrase that. And don't forget to use the code NYFM for 10% off as a thank you for listening to this podcast and to let the hosts of Not Your Father's Movies know that you are listening and you appreciate it. Yeah, please do it. Use it. Buy something. It's awesome. I buy stuff from him. I'm going to keep buying stuff from him. I love his stuff. Just go buy something. It's incredible work. Just do it.
What are you waiting for? Go buy a cutting board. Stop cutting on plastic cutting boards. Go get a beautiful wood one that you can hand down as an heirloom to your children. Do it now. So there's a lot of people use um, use me for wedding gifts or coasters, just, you know, knickknacks like that. So if you are in the market, uh, you want a really nice, you know, quality handmade cutting board, it'll be made by my hands. Charcuterie board, you need a serving tray for a party, it'll be made by my hands. I do epoxy boards. I do just regular wood boards, handles, no handles. I just, I do it all. So check me out, servicefurniture.com slash NYFM and serve with two R's. And uh, from all of us at Not Your Father's Movies, uh, I'm Vito. I'm Dan. They call me Sir. Have a good night.